When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by The Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, my name is Jordan Bonaparte, and Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat news stories that played out across Canada over the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on February 13th of 2024, Aaron and I get serious about crime. We investigate the high school teacher in Quebec who's been accused of selling his students' artwork online without their consent or knowledge. We tackle the case of the free samples of cocaine that are said to have been passed out at a casino in Calgary. We'll give legal opinion to the new Glasgow man who was arrested for threatening the life of a snowplow operator. And just to mix it up, we're going to report on the Mississauga couple who want to return a graveyard plot they purchased in advance. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. Sorry I'm late. You may notice I got a sweater. It's a little chilly in my room today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not used to seeing you in a sweater while we record. No, it's cold. Uh, we're facing our second snowstorm in a little over a week as yeah. we record and talk right now. The wind is howling outside. Snow is everywhere, and I'm just not happy about it at all. No, I can't emotionally deal with more snow. My the, the last week and a half has only been snow-related activities for me, yeah. clearing snow. That's all yeah. I've been doing. Well, we might as well jump right into the stories, because this is a perfect segue. Because I think at the beginning of the show last week, you talked a lot about all the shoveling and the BS you had to go through and that your neighbor was going through. And I think you manifested a Keep Canada Weird story because the first story on our list tonight involves a snowplow, something that upset you last week. For people who are listening in other parts of the world who maybe don't get snow the way we do, just again, describe the issues that you have with shoveling your driveway and snowplows. Well, the big issue that happens is the snowplows fill in the top of your driveway. So you when you off. say that when you say the top of your driveway, you mean the entrance to your driveway from the street. That's right. The, yeah. We call it the top of the driveway. I don't know. I don't I don't I call it like the the end of my driveway, maybe? No, no. The end of your driveway, you start at the top and then you finish at the end. So when you enter in your driveway, you're starting at the top and then you're finishing at the end. It's the top of okay, your driveway. Whatever. You, you mean the, the where your driveway meets the road. So you shovel sure. out your whole driveway <laughs> so your car can leave. Then what happens? Um, well, it could happen at any given point in time during the process, but there's all the snow on the road. So you work so hard clearing your driveway of snow. So you can get and, out, yeah. So you can get out and live your life. And then a snowplow comes by and pushes all of the snow from the street into your driveway. So then you have to shovel what I call the top of the driveway again and again and again and again. Yeah, it's kind of like the snowplow's dirty secret, but it's a snow push to the side is the appropriate word for that machine and its process because it takes the the snow on the road and just pushes it against the side of the road where your driveway is so you may end up with a huge wall of snow and ice and crap after you just shoveled it all away and it makes people mad it makes me mad it makes you mad aaron but a man in new glasgow it made especially mad last week uh, he was a, a, Nova, a new Glasgow, Nova Scotia man was arrested and charged after he allegedly threatened a snowplow operator in Picto this past Tuesday. Louis Cameron, 66, was charged with uttering threats and unsafe storage of a firearm as a result of these alleged threats. Let's just listen to a short news clip and see if we can relate to this guy. Okay. A man in a rural corner of Nova Scotia buried under a massive snowfall has been charged with threatening a snowplow driver. 
The RCMP in Pictou County say the 66-year-old man from New Glasgow was charged with uttering thefts, threats rather, after the Mounties were called Tuesday to Mount William Road. The man was arrested and the Mounties seized a dozen long guns that you see there, one pistol and a collection of ammunition. The man was also charged with unsafe storage of a firearm and is scheduled to appear in court. That'll take place on the 8th of April. I will say there has been many times where I just finished the shoveling my driveway and the snowplow comes and pushes all that snow back onto the top of the driveway and I was enraged but I've never had it to the point where I would approach the snowplow driver mm -hmm. and threaten their life. Well, well here's the question. Do yeah. you own a gun? No. I don't own a gun either. But I have so knives. Yeah, but like and you know I take karate. When you own a gun and then something some incidents this is the issue with owning guns is that you find yourself all of a sudden enraged mm -hmm. and the gun is close by. Yeah. So I oh. think I could see that's what happened here is this is a, a prominent gun owner. This individual seems to have had them, yeah. a lot of uh, firearms on his property. And, and yeah, a, a, a snowplow filling in your driveway after you just finished shoveling it could send you to that point where it's like I'm getting my gun and I'm and I'm not putting up with it. This is it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It's I I that appears to be what has happened. We don't know for sure if this has to do with the snowplow plowing him in, but I think like if you were ever going to threaten a snowplow driver in Nova Scotia, that's the one thing I think we all would say like that's going to be what does it. I wouldn't threaten a snowplow driver for I can think of three reasons. One, I know they're just doing their job. Two, I wouldn't want to get in trouble. And three, snowplow drivers in general seem like the kind of people that could kick my ass and probably your ass too. They just, they seem kind of like a tough bunch. I wouldn't go spouting off to a snowplow driver because I think he would just get out of his snowplow and kick the shit out of me in my driveway. Not if you had a gun. It'd be way back at the house. Unless this man went up with the gun. Well, we don't know. The, the, the news story does not have a lot of detail and does not go in depth to what exactly happened there's mm -hmm. just kind of a vague detail set out where the, the snowplow driver was threatened by the man with a gun they don't say what happened before and after they don't say why um so it maybe it wasn't the filling in the driveway situation maybe the guy was his, his shovel broke and he was desperate, and he said, "If I if a snowplow driver comes by, I'm going to hold him hostage until he clears my driveway for me." I think we'll have to go to the hearing and find out what happened. Yeah, we we don't really know exactly what happened, but I agree with you. I respect the snowplow driver, even though it is a nuisance having snow pushed into your driveway, um, especially during this last storm here in Cape Breton, where we got 150 centimeters of snow. Um, the snowplow drivers are out there putting in super long shifts, working hard, clearing the streets so that we can get to where we need to go. So yeah, I, I salute the snowplow driver and I wish them safe passage. And I hope they do not have guns pointed at them while they're driving and pushing snow around let me get controversial for a second i saw a post on facebook and it had a picture of a snowplow and it said something like you know thank god for these heroes and i thought like what they're doing is good like that they're plowing snow but are they heroes yeah this tends to happen during any kind of uh cataclysmic event is it I've heroic? Heard it, yeah. Is it heroic? It's, no, no, it's not heroic. It's we're thankful for it for sure. Yeah, okay. I just want um, to say it, it's not heroic, no. But I mean, if you're, you know, if somebody's trapped under snow and you're risking your life to go and pull them out of the snow that they're buried under. Rescue them, yeah. That would be heroic. That's heroic, yeah. But plowing the streets late at night. Yeah. Anyway. In a vehicle that that you can safely maneuver around in the snow but yeah. yeah it's it's not heroic but again 
We're very appreciative of Hell they're yeah. putting in super long hours during a, a heavy uh, snowfall that we had uh, to I, make sure that everybody can can function. And I hope they're paid handsomely. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's get to it. Let's get into it. We had to jump into that story right off the bat because last week we started off the bat with you complaining about snow plows and snows and everything and snow shoveling. But let's get into it. We got an interesting one tonight. Uh, we'll keep Canada weird tonight largely by talking about stories of crime we've already started with one but we got a bunch more crime stories on the way um do you want to start with uh cocaine stolen art uh crazy speeding or a consumer affairs story involving a graveyard uh let's start with the graveyard one actually and then we'll just go through a spree then we'll have a crime spree on the show oh we have a yeah exactly yeah i think that's fitting I'm like kind of like the world's softest goth is what I think. I really like graveyards and stories involving graveyards and that sort of thing. Uh, but I'm also like a big Karen complainer type when it comes to, you know, return policies and getting, you know, getting the most out of my dollar. So this story kind of hits all the right notes for me. In 2020, Brian and Christina Dupuis purchased a plot in the Assumption Catholic Cemetery in Mississauga, Ontario for $24,000. But since the purchase, the Dupuis moved to the small town of Hagersville, Ontario, which is over an hour away. They don't want the old plot. They want their money back. We'll call this a grave refund. Okay. My dad, Henrik, is on the left. My mom recently passed on uh, November 25th. Christina Hoyka Dupree's parents are buried at Assumption Catholic Cemetery in Mississauga. Christina and her husband, Brian Dupree, decided three years ago to buy a double plot not far from her parents. They moved to the town of Hagersville and say the drive to the cemetery can sometimes take them an hour and a half. They would rather have plots in their new community they now call home. As we get older, I cannot see either my wife or I once we're laid to rest here to make that trip. The Duprees paid just over $24,000 for the cemetery plot and monument. The monument does not have their information inscribed yet, and the couple says they no longer want the plot and ask the cemetery to buy it back. We would like uh, a refund, and they basically said it's not in their policy. The couple was told if they want, they can sell the plot themselves on Kijiji or Facebook. They're surprised that's their only option. People move, you know, it can be next town, next city, next province, or even out of country. CTV News reached out to the cemetery and we were directed to Catholic Cemeteries and Funeral Services, which said they may sell their interment rights to another Catholic person at a price not more than the prevailing price of the cemetery. The Ontario Funeral Service Association says each cemetery has its own bylaws. Some will buy back plots, others won't. And all cemeteries, crematoria, must have a set of bylaws approved by the Ontario government. If you're thinking of buying a plot, make sure you ask plenty of questions and know your options. It's a buyer's and a seller's market. There's no, there's no guarantee that you're going to get your, your initial purchase price back. The Duprees wanted to warn others to be careful when planning their final resting place to hold on to uh, a plot and if you're not going to use it then what it would be a waste i don't recall seeing you shake your head like that at a story ever before what what is wrong over there oh this story tickles me in many ways yeah, is <laughs> it that it kind of started with this sort of like um memorial to her parents like and this is where you know my father's name is and my mother's name they, it kind of started like soft about her parents being buried there and they bought this double plot next to her parents but that becomes immediately irrelevant when the thought of having to drive an hour <laughs> to visit the other person that's what i don't understand like <laughs> they're going to be dead like what's the drive matter well i think if one of them died like the I'm guessing their concern is if one of them drives first, if one of them dies first, the other one is going to have to drive the hour to visit the other one and they may not do it. They don't want to do it. But <laughs> if she, why, 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 as an hour and a half, like what? what's, what's the, 
yeah. I don't know. Like it's and there's no refund, right? So first I off, my my biggest issue with this is that if you didn't do your homework when you were spending that much money pre-buying, you know, a grave plot, <laughs> I don't care that you can't get a refund. <laughs> yeah. It is a hundred percent your fault. Mm-hmm. Like a decision like that involving money like that holy crap do your homework like yeah. ask mm-hmm. questions like don't just blindly buy it and walk away and be like yeah and then we moved to another town and now we don't want it anymore because it's an hour and a half away <laughs> it's like your parents are buried there you yeah. jerk well Wait, i think went it to this new town like they mm-hmm. go to this new town like they just moved there and, and now they they're be- just like want to throw their everything away that they've already planned be like we're 100 committing to this town now <laughs> forever forever it's like you know what you could also flip this argument around she could contact like the real estate agent in the bank relate it to the purchase of the home in the new town and be like i don't want to buy that house anymore because i own a grave in the other place and it would be you know too far because it's like if you're buying property the grave plot is property the new house is property when you buy property you can't just after the fact back out of it without significant fees or something in this case the uh the graveyard seems to have so said like you can sell it to someone like we won't give you your money back and we're not going to buy it but you know someone may and he seemed to give they seem to give decent advice you know you could put it on kijiji or facebook yeah, you can or, sell it so just yeah. sell it like why you go crying to the news to, yeah. to the news about it and then the way they filmed the footage for this news story there's standing over their own oh, grave yeah, as mad. if they're mourning their own death because they made a really dumb financial decision without asking any questions they seem like such a a bunch of gullible morons man yeah. these two like they just they they don't deserve to have their money back and you know what i'm happy they are one of them will have to drive an hour and a half to go visit the other oh, one man. someday hey like, slow down no listen <laughs> someone's got to put their foot down about people like these are wandering the streets of our towns and our cities and they're ruining everybody's fun because mm. they're because they just think that they can do whatever they want Wow. And, and suffer no consequences for their decisions. Well, I think they should sell it. And as my kids would say, take the L, man. Take the L. Grow up. Like, just go back to your new town, to your new graveyard with all your new friends, where all your new friends are buried with their <laughs> parents in the same graveyard. And they only have to drive five minutes to go visit their dead spouse like it's just so like i like to, i want to be buried next to the farmer's market that i go to every saturday Currently. i don't want to drive yeah i'm in this new town and and, and you know the street there's no potholes here <laughs> oh, i want to be buried here now yeah there's other stories tonight that are going to enrage us uh but i'm going to move on to one that's going to soften things up we're going to get into our crime spree are you ready to to do this yeah, let's let's uh, cause some chaos. To get excited for our crime spree and to get ourselves really in the mood, uh, let's start with cocaine. I already started with cocaine earlier. <laughs> this story is called, well, actually, let's just call it free samples of cocaine. Because I think that's, yeah, that's, that's and It's literal. Uh, let me read this article to you. Calgary police arrested a man who is alleged to have been offering people free samples of cocaine outside of a local casino. On December 24th of 2023, they should say on Christmas Eve, because that's relevant that if you're giving away cocaine on Christmas Eve, it changes things. But anyway, on, on Christmas Eve of 2023, police received reports of an individual passing out business cards that had small baggies of cocaine stapled to them. The cards, which included a fake name but real contact information, helped police track the suspect down. The individual was monitored for a whole month as officers gathered evidence consistent with drug trafficking, as well as information about the vehicle the person was associated with. On February 3rd, police stopped a white 2020 Toyota Tundra and arrested the driver. Officers searched the truck and a home and discovered just under 60 grams of cocaine packaged in more than 50 baggies, a digital scale, tainted with drug residue, and a little over $1,200 in cash. 
Police also seized a package of business cards bearing the same fake name mentioned in the casino's complaint. Sayed Amir Razavi, 30, is charged with two counts of trafficking a controlled substance, one count of possession for the purpose of trafficking, and three counts of possession of proceeds of crime under $5,000. Now, this man appears, and this isn't me reading, this is me telling you, that this man <laughs> appears to have had a wild business idea that involved giving out samples of cocaine at the casino on Christmas Eve <laughs> with his phone number. Yeah, if you go to drug dealer school, <laughs> on on day one at drug dealer school, they say, don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Don't give people business cards and a bunch of free samples that directly tie that illegal substance immediately back to you. <laughs> of course they're going to get and, and the the whole story is so like salacious and crazy that of course you're going to get busted. The guy is so bold to do this with cocaine. I could see like you getting away with this with marijuana maybe, but to give away cocaine at a Calgary casino on Christmas Eve, that's going to get people talking and get people upset. Was his I guess his plan was just to go into business big, like it's he's like the poor man's Scarface or something, but when they eventually get this guy and they arrest him he only has like a little over $1,200 in cash. Yeah, because he gave away all of his cocaine. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah. That's the problem. He was giving it away. <laughs> like the free samples. Yeah. Um, like that doesn't make any sense. Like everyone, you know, if you have cocaine, the people who want it, they'll come. You know, if you build yeah. it, they will come. Yeah. But how do you get the word out? Well, I mean, it's word of mouth. Yeah. The safe way. You know? Yeah, I guess so. like it, it not this kind of mass marketing sort of thing that this guy took on. Uh, I've never heard yeah. of anything like this before. That well, this it's like bold. maybe yeah. It, it sounds like this guy wanted to get into selling cocaine, and a friend of his just graduated from business school, and he's like, you know, you got to give them a free sample of the product. I learned that in marketing. You know, <laughs> you have to. To give them a free sample, they get hooked on that, and then they come back for more, and then you charge them whatever you want. Mm. He did have the right idea, though. At a casino in Calgary, I bet you there's a ton of people there that would be interested in buying cocaine. Yeah, and the police would be very interested, too, in the free samples <laughs> of cocaine. That's the problem. I think just like it on Christmas Eve at a casino is just the icing on the cake, though. Mm -hmm. Nice try, buddy, but good God. Go back to the drawing board with your business plans. I can't wait to see what he does after he gets out of jail. He's going to do a cow patty bingo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's it's on that yeah. level of ridiculous. I just wonder, like, I feel like this is his first foray into selling or, cocaine, yeah. and it just didn't go well. But he's an entrepreneur, so he's going to find something else. It's like this invention didn't work, but the next one's going to be yeah. completely different. And and it's going to totally make me millions. So well, there's no question he has the entrepreneurial spirit. Absolutely, yeah. The effort was there. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This isn't the only uh, criminal. What's the opposite of a mastermind? The opposite of a mastermind. Yeah, like if I'm a criminal mastermind, I'm great at crime. The person who's horrible at crime, a criminal um, dimwit. I guess, yeah. Okay, so this isn't the only criminal dimwit we get to discuss tonight i like the movie uh the movie series uh fast and the furious so. okay i thought you were gonna say speed uh i don't care for speed because it's public transportation the movie speed is oh yes because it's a yeah bus. it takes place on a bus okay i was talking to my brother the other night about like some movies that were really big in the late 90s that you just never hear about anymore speed is one of them but we're also talking about the movie tremors you remember that Oh, of course. I love Tremors. Yeah. Um, in Arachnophobia. You remember that oh, one? Oh, yeah. With John Goodman. Yeah. Well, it's what was weird about those is at the time when like Speed, Con Air, Arachnophobia, Tremors, when those movies were out, in my mind, they were like huge motion pictures akin to like, I don't know, like E.T. or like Indiana Jones or something. Like they seemed like huge successful movies. But now you never hear about them. And if I dare say like they, they if you they wouldn't hold up today, if you watch them, I'm sure they're utter crap. Which ones did you mention? Tremors, I think, 
Tremors, I would say, still holds up. I watched the trailer for it. I could hardly even make it through the trailer on YouTube. It looks so ridiculous. Really? I don't know. What about Arachnophobia, though? That was a great movie. I loved it. We'd have to watch it. We should watch it. We have received requests for... To, to organize like a book club or a movie club. And if we did a right. movie club, I'd like to do arachnophobia. One I remember from back in the day that I, I watched a hundred times, but I don't remember much about it now, where was the people under the stairs. It was kind of like a Oh yeah. Trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's get let's get the only reason we got into this I don't remember what story we're talking about. There we talked about speed and cars, which went to the movie Oh speed, yes, yeah. Eventually right, led right, us to arachnophobia. Right. But Anyway, eventually I, and clearly and obviously it led to arachnophobia. <laughs> Here's a, uh, a story about speeding a criminal nitwit. I'm going to read you a short story and then we can listen to some great audio of the actual interaction. So a, a post was made just last week on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it by the York Regional Police that poked some fun at a very serious incident. The post included video of a newly licensed driver getting pulled over going 131 kilometers an hour in a 50 hours a 50 kilometer an hour zone so over double the speed limit in the post as i said includes the video of the cop you know pulling the guy over uh and when i say pokes fun what they wrote in their post was uh this young driver was in his get my dad's car impounded era going 131 in a 50 zone just minutes after earning his class g license which is like his basic license unless you're twi- unless you're taylor swift jetting from tokyo to las vegas for the super bowl we don't advise traveling this fast that's what they wrote so the police were just kind of playing on the whole taylor swift associated with the super bowl thing but here's the interaction of this uh, uh cop uh, pulling the kid over he tries hard to get out of it Okay, so sir, obviously I stopped you for speeding. I no, uh, no, no excuses. 131 and a 50. So with that speed, you're going to lose your license and you lose your vehicle. Do you have your driver's license ownership insurance on you? You understand that's stunt driving, right? 50 zone. Whose vehicle is this? That is my father. Your father? Okay. Like 10 minutes ago, I got my Okay. So unfortunately, you you lost it for 30. Right. I have a clean record. Not today. That's crazy speed, man. 130. I thought the limit was like 90 here. It's I, look, I, look at the signs. Wait. Everywhere up and down the street, you've just passed the school. May I, may I return to G2? No, you won't. You you passed your test. No, I should. I think I should get a retest because of this offense. Well, they don't give you a retest. Sir, so you are being charged with operating a motor vehicle 40 kilometers or more over the limit in an under 80 kilometer hour zone, okay? Alright, so the second one is for speeding 131 kilometers an hour and a post of 50, okay? I just hope, I hope you, I, I, I have a feeling you have learned and I have a feeling I'm not going to see you in this capacity ever again. I hope, I hope we never meet again. <laughs> okay, sir. I hope you could hear all that, but in getting pulled over, one of the first things he says is like, I just got my license 10 minutes ago. So this guy gets his license and his, has his dad's car. 10 minutes later, he's going 130 kilometers an hour past schools in a 50 kilometer an hour zone, gets pulled over. And his he apologizes and he says, maybe I should have to retake my test, it seems, is what he's suggesting. Yeah, it was such a really odd interaction. Mm-hmm. Like something is fishy about that. Yeah, maybe he, immediately should... he's like, "I have no excuses." I did it. And yeah, he. Yeah, and then he said, "I thought it was a ninety zone, even if it was ninety an hour." And he's going, he's 100... still going forty kilometers over. And then to suggest, I just couldn't imagine like suggesting to the cop, like maybe I should be retested because of this incident. That's just a, like that's an odd. Yeah, I think his argument was kind of like, you know, I have a clean record. I literally just got my license, so I think you should let me go because I don't know any better right now. I'm such a new driver kind of a thing. But it's still, it's such a weird interaction. Like, you know, you've seen a lot of police videos over the years. 
uh, between the TV show cops and and YouTube and whatever. But yeah. this is the weirdest one I've ever seen. I wish we could hear them call his dad and say, like, I have no excuses for my son. Yeah. Maybe I didn't know he was my son. Maybe he should be retested. I'd like to I'd like to take another son, please. And what do you think of the police kind of playing on the whole Taylor Swift Super Bowl thing? Do you think that's funny? I thought that was a lame joke, to be honest. It's yeah. it's just so it's such a an easy thing to say. Unless you're Taylor oh, unless Swift. Unless you're Jenny. Taylor Swift, we're hip to the times here. It's like it's just there's so much Taylor Swift stuff out there. It's I don't know. I Come just thought on. it was a real low ball. Yeah. That's attempted humor. We're intentionally not covering the Super Bowl or Taylor Swift tonight because it's already covered. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. No one needs any more than what there currently is. There's more Taylor Swift coverage than there is snow in Cape Breton right now. Mm-hmm. You know what there isn't a lot of out there, though? Stories of stolen art, specifically children's art. This next story is a roller coaster. I don't even know where to begin with it, and I don't think you're going to know where to begin with it because I've never heard anything like this before. A Montreal area high school teacher has some explaining to do after multiple parents have alleged their children's artwork is listed for sale online without their knowledge or their consent. The allegations all center around Westwood Junior High School, which is in a suburb just west of Montreal. Listen to this. These works of art up for sale online under the heading Creepy Portraits are powerful, evocative. But those who say they are the artists, grades 7 and 8 students at this Quebec school, allege they had no idea their creations were posted and priced from $118 to $151 a pop. You know, they put their heart and their soul in the artwork, and, you know, they get an A, a B, a C, or a D on it, but he's getting $118 in his pocket. And the 12 to 14-year-olds allege their art teacher, the one giving them assignments, is the person selling their art without telling them on his own website. He's also selling merchandise, mugs, cell phone cases. Copyright laws provide moral rights for everyone, including children, to have their name associated with their work. Anyone else cannot do anything or copy your work unless you give them the right to do so. The students found out while scrolling online, curious to see their creations. Instead, they say they found theirs. The news spread through the school like wildfire and angered parents. Is this the teacher asking for certain type of projects to be done to be able to, you know, sell them? Is he, is he asking for these, you know, type of portraits to be done so it, it meets the market? The school board issued a statement saying an investigation is underway, that Lester B. Pearson School Board is aware of the situation and is taking these allegations very seriously. CTV News reached out to the teacher but received no response. The students say they want an apology and want to find out if their own art found a buyer. So I'm speechless over this. It's, it's clearly immoral what he's doing. And in his position as an art teacher at a high school, there's no way this guy doesn't know what he's doing is wrong. It's another one of these, we'll call it a crime. It's another one of these crimes where how where there's so many of these crimes that we cover on the show, we often ask ourselves, how did they think that they wouldn't get caught doing this? Mm-hmm. You're posting the pictures online for the world to see, trying to sell them. Of course, they're going to eventually find out that you're selling their art online without their permission. Mm-hmm. What, like, did, how did he think he would get away with it is one thing. What does he even have to gain is the other thing. Like, he, it's not like they were selling for a tremendous amount of money. Like, it's like, you know, the paintings. Actually, I, I don't know if he's selling the originals or prints, but for like 120 bucks, you know, mugs and stuff, he'd probably be only making a couple dollars each one he sells. And you can't yeah. sell, like, creepy portraits. You're not going to be selling a ton of them to the point that... It's worth risking your job over. And I can't imagine there's not some kind of code of conduct thing that a teacher has to agree to that would prevent them from doing this at risk of losing, faced with risk of losing their job if they don't. Like, should this guy lose his job for this? Uh, ye- oh, sure. Yeah. It's, I, it's I kind, kind of a of... tough call because it's not like, it's not the kind of offense that, 
in the l- grand scheme of things, I think the school really care is going to care that much about. Yeah, like people are going to get over it. I just, I kind of thought the same thing. Like people are going to get over it. It's not like going to destroy kids' lives or something. But it's like, you know, a lot of retail stores will have a zero tolerance policy against employee theft. I knew a guy who worked at a video rental store, a blockbuster video, and he got fired because he took, um, there was some new movie out. I don't know what it was, but they had like a box of like a thousand keychains with that movie's logo on it that they would just give to customers. And he took one and didn't think it was a big deal, but they, but he ended up uh, getting fired as a result of it because they had a zero tolerance for employee theft, which, you know, I get it. But with with this teacher, I also feel like there should be kind of like a zero tolerance thing. If you're willing to like take advantage of the kids in that way, I think it's clearly immoral. He should have known that what he was doing was wrong. He did it for next to no good reason. I wouldn't want like where where is the demand that he's filling here? Does he need like fifty for arsh that's that's created by kids in junior high? Well, did you see the pictures? Yeah, I thought they were really nice. Yeah, they're all right. I mean, couldn't he's an art teacher? Couldn't he just draw similar styled pictures and sell those? Yeah, that's right. Like just kind of copy it and not use the like copy the style, not use the exact work. That would even that would be like a little wrong, but he certainly would get a pass. Um, He's he was marketing them as creepy pictures or creepy portraits. They were a little creepy looking. Looked like something from a horror movie. I wonder. And one, it, this comes out in the article we listened to. One of the parents suggested this, or maybe implied it, is like, was the teacher encouraging the kids to draw a certain way because he thought it would be more marketable? Like, let's say he's like, there's a market for selling creepy portraits. All right, kids, today we're going to be drawing portraits with chalk on black paper, make it look like a nightmare, pretend it's, you know, chasing you, you know. All right, yeah. everybody pass them in. Don't make sure you don't sign them. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's this is the part of this story that there's pieces of information missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really hard to say what his exact motivation is because again, I can't see him making millions off of this idea. I can't see him making thousands, which yeah. again makes it almost and then the worse. risk to your job. Like, why would you bother? Could you imagine if you're this guy and for whatever reason you think you're going to get away with it and make 500 bucks or something over the year selling this stuff. Imagine like the the day that you get called into like your boss's office because he's eventually going to, you know, have to sit down in a room and explain himself to the powers that be. And it's going to be so tough to explain why you're selling the kids artwork online. Like how is he going to get out of this? It's going to be the most awkward conversation. And I think his well, punishment should be, it should be live streamed on YouTube and broadcast on the keep Canada weird podcast. I'd love to see it, but if I were him, my, I would bend the truth in order mm-hmm. to defend myself. And I would say, I thought their artwork was really great. And I took it upon myself to sell their artwork online in various prints and forms. Mugs and stuff. And then I was going to use the proceeds to give back to the children, create some kind of an after-school art project. He could spin it a number of different ways that way. So that's what I would do if I were in his shoes, is um, spin it so that it makes me look like... I. I had the best intentions and I just went about it in the wrong way. I should have, I wanted it to be a surprise for the kids and I should have gotten their permission beforehand. A um, passion for helping children succeed mm-hmm. just got the better of me again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to buy a mug? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that'd get them out of it. Maybe. I don't know. I, I spoke to a couple teachers about this story saying like, have you heard about this guy in Quebec who's alleged to be selling his kids art? Everyone I spoke to was appalled that someone could do this um, in universally or uh, not universally. Um, 
every single one of them that I spoke to said like clearly is wrong and no teacher would think that this is at all appropriate. And I, I agree with that. I agree it's not appropriate, but I also would like to uh, preface that by saying uh, it's not that big of a deal. This individual act is not that big of a deal, but I think the person that would do this, what are they capable of? And when you when it's involved, like if you're a high school teacher, you're in such a weird position of power that I think any breach of that kind of relationship, I think, is just is wrong uh, and something that needs to be taken seriously. This one, I think it's clearly a breach that's intentional and he must have known. Right. But maybe he looks at it from the point of view of that he's just as responsible for the creation of this art as the children are. So maybe he thinks, I coached them into, I told them what to draw. I told them the style. I showed them how to do the style. Uh, I did all of these things and I walked them through it every step of the way in order to create these drawings that they're just as much mine as they are theirs. That would be an interesting case. Mm -hmm. mm. I think this guy has a few different avenues to pursue in order to defend himself. Yeah, if he's looking <laughs> yeah. for a defense lawyer, I think I know, I think I know a guy. I would love to be his unlicensed lawyer that uh, could represent him for sure. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. I hope there is some kind of follow-up for this story because I'm very curious. As a parent of school-aged children, uh, this story just caught my attention. I really want to find out what happens. Yeah, uh, I guess it's because I don't have kids and I'm just kind of like, like who stupid cares? Paintings. It's junior high kids' drawings. Okay. Like, they're generally terrible, so who cares? Um, for people listening, I would be curious your thoughts on, on this story what his punishment should be is this a lose your job worthy offense or is this a slap on your wrist and an apology type offense uh go to nighttimepodcast.com contact and let us know speaking of going to nighttimepodcast.com contact and letting us know i got a voicemail we can end the show with oh wonderful and it's about our favorite topic tim hortons this is actually an issue we spoke about. The greatest before. criminals of all are ending yes. our crime spree here. Yeah, exactly. After we stole yeah. the art, let's have a coffee. Th this yeah. is something we talked about before, and I think it was a, a different listener or a different Cape Canada Weird correspondent may have made us hip to this issue, and it's an issue I'm familiar with, but let's hear Rick's take on it, and then we can talk it out. Tim Hortons is doing something weird at the drive-thru, basically. Here it comes. Hey, guys. Rick from Ottawa here. Um, just, uh, another sort of Tim Hortons thing. Uh, I don't know if this is happening everywhere, but, um, I noticed a, a ways back in the Tim Hortons here in Ottawa that I, I have deemed the worst Tim Hortons in Ottawa, uh, right near one of the offices I work out of. And, um, and, and I noticed a while back that as soon as I was getting up to the drive through uh, ordering, um, you know, area, uh, immediately after like rolling down my window, you know, I would hear someone come on and say, yeah, just give me a moment. And then, you know, it would vary how many seconds I would wait after that. And then somebody different would, would take, uh, would take my order and probably took me a good, you know, 10 times or so going through there uh, over the space of a number of weeks where, um, I finally realized, um, that, that it was actually recording. And it, again, it took me a little, a little bit to understand or, you know, to recognize it's the same exact voice and saying the exact same exact words. But again, I, it just went up to my, uh, my thoughts, uh, it just kind of supported my thought that it was the worst Tim Hortons in Ottawa because it's, you know, got to a point where, uh, it, it sounded like, you know, they're, they're talking over each other because that message would come on, get halfway through. And then somebody would cut out and saying, okay, you know, what's your order? What's your order? What's your order? Anyway, I thought it was unique to that one particular, uh, Tim Hortons. And I can kind of see why they did it because, uh, drive-through isn't that bad, but the front counter is like service is terrible. It's just, again, in there today, literally like no joke 10 minutes i you know only person in line nobody was ahead of me um and before they came and they served me at the, at the front um so i thought this was just a way of them you know trying to get around that issue uh 
And then I noticed another Tim Hortons near my house where the exact same thing started started to happen where they have this, you know, one of the speaker, uh, one of their employees kind of just say, you know, just a minute uh, and then somebody else sort of cuts in. So anyway, I find it interesting. I don't know how prevalent it is. Uh, and I do feel like, you know, they're, they're duping us a little bit by, you know, having like real employee voices there rather than some sort of mechanical sort of standard message or whatnot. But anyway, you can add that on to uh, all the other things that we complain about for Tim Hortons, but I thought I would share. So um, as we said, uh, Rick is bringing up something that we did talk about at some point because I've experienced this myself. For me, it was in Cape Breton where people often talk with an accent. Uh, and I noticed pulling up to Tim Hortons, as soon as I roll down my window, it's like, welcome to Tim Hortons. We'll be right there. One second, you know, like something like that with this kind of call center voice. And then the other person comes and they're like, what can I get you, hon? And it's so clearly like, this is the actual human. Uh, I, I can only imagine it's, it's their way of kind of messing with the stats of their drive-through. Like there's probably, they're probably tracked like how long from when a car pulls up, do we, you know, start greeting them and taking their order. And maybe this is just like a trick to that or something. They're not the only restaurant chain that is doing this. So I've heard this at McDonald's. Really? I haven't heard it at McDonald's. Yeah. So what I hear at McDonald's often through the drive-through is the recording comes on and says, welcome to McDonald's. And then it plugs some kind of a random product and then says, we'll be with you shortly. And then the other person comes on, the actual person comes okay. on to take your order. I, um, I like and that. Sometimes that person cuts in in the middle because they just want, they're ready and they just want to forget the recording and go right to taking the order. Okay. Um, I like I hear that's, it at McDonald's all the time. I like that style better the way you just described it. Cause the ones I heard at Tim Hortons, I thought it was a person like greeting me and it just seemed a little weird. It wasn't, it seemed to me, it wasn't obvious that it was a recording. I do remember it. I don't know if this still happens, but I remember at a time you would pull up to a drive through, but it wasn't actually like people in the store taking your order. It was like, kind of like a call center, like, you know, overseas or something like that, that were actually doing the talking for you for the drive-through have you did you ever hear of this no okay i rem, i don't know what business it is but i do remember hearing a story maybe on the news or something about people like outsourcing their drive-through window uh greeting and order taken to like a call center somewhere i used to work at call centers back in the day so i like i've had a bunch of weird jobs like that and i think maybe that's where it was is someone i knew worked at a call center where they worked the drive-through for like a fast food place somewhere. Maybe it could have been a pizza way. shop. Like it could have been like one of the big pizza chains, like Pizza Hut or Pizza mm. Delight or something. Yeah, I could see that. Greco, where you can order online or you call in and it just kind of routes to a call center yeah. somewhere, anywhere in the world. And they are processing the order. And then mm. the order is instantly being sent to the restaurant. Yeah. Hmm. I, I guess I'm more forgiving than that is for that as well than what Tim seems to be doing. And I'm, I'm just kind of hypercritical of Tim Hortons anyway. Well, Tim Hortons is taking something that other fast food chains are using and they're just doing a worse version of it. Okay. Well, that's on brand. That's absolutely like Tim Hortons <laughs> does with everything. Yeah. So. Okay. Mystery solved. There you go, Rick. Yeah. They are the worst Tim Hortons. Yeah. Tim Hortons making worse mouse traps everywhere around Canada. I saw most of Tim Hortons uh, yesterday going through the drive-through. I tried to get a picture of it, but the thing scurried off. But I'll well, everyone, you. every everyone, even the mice are running away from Tim Hortons. <laughs> um, well, I think we've done our job here. We covered several stories of weird news. We had the um, grave refund. We went on a crime spree. We managed to complain about Tim Hortons. We had a keep kind of weird correspondent pitch in. Anything else we got to do tonight? Say goodbye. Handsome Aaron Airport. Until next time. Jordan, until next time. Um, don't steal from kids and expect to get refunds on large property purchases you buy. And if you don't get a refund, I don't think you should go on the news about it because you're going to look dumb. And Jordan, until next time, if you were buried 
an hour and a half away, I'd absolutely make the drive Thank to you, visit buddy. you. And yeah. You wouldn't have to come often. Like, how often do you visit a grave? Well, if it's a if it's someone you're close to, a sibling, a, a wife, or a husband, I could see you wanting to go every day. How about this, uh, handsome Aaron Airport? Until next time, if I'm when I die, if I die, just like cremate me and like sprinkle me in places that we'd enjoy going to together. What would that be for us? I'm going to sprinkle you in a Tim Hortons drive-through. <laughs> you prick. <laughs> the ultimate revenge at the end of mm -hmm. all this whole roller coaster. And, and that means I'll never visit you. Mm. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird, but let us also call out to you for even greater support in this. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, we want to know about it. If you have any thoughts, opinions, theories, or comments about the stories we discussed tonight, we want to hear about that as well. The best way to contact us is by sending a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We're excited to hear from you. Now, before we part here, let me end with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing an evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides the series intro and outro voiceovers. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Tiffany, Barco, and Melissa, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help us out in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs just a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show, but it also gives you the episodes two days early, gives them to you ad-free, and gives you access to a full back catalog of episodes. You can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still support the show by sharing this episode on social media and letting all your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. We appreciate your support. Now, until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast.